Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I have an extremely exciting interview today, and uh, it actually took me two months to get on this guy's calendar, but I'm really honored and excited to have my son, who is also a local entrepreneur. He owns uh, Sardone Construction. And I'm just so proud to have my son on uh, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. He is uh, an entrepreneur and uh, a very successful businessman, and it's just really exciting to have him. You know, who, know who, who knew 35 years ago when I started my cleaning business, basically I had an infant that I wanted to bring to work, and there wasn't a whole lot of jobs. There, there wasn't the Internet back then there wasn't any uh, opportunity for me to work from home and not have to put my baby in daycare so i made the choice to put an ad in the paper and look for someone who would allow me to come and clean their home and bring my baby with with me at that time and i knew i could feed him before i left the house and get four good hours of, of nap time in to clean before he'd wake up and hungry and and have to be fed again so I put an ad in the paper and this was 35 years ago and I I couldn't believe that somebody gave me the opportunity to come out and clean their home now this was a long time ago she offered me five dollars an hour and I I thought I'd fall off my chair at the amount of money that those people could afford to hire me at who could afford five dollars an hour so I came in twice a week and I would clean for this uh, lawyer's family and attorney's family and I would clean for four hours and so I would leave with twenty dollars cash and I just could not believe anybody could afford to pay that kind of money that was really big money in the day and that started this entrepreneurial spirit in my family that we really hadn't had prior to. Uh, I was a police officer's wife and um, new baby and eventually two babies and still cleaning houses. And, And my business kept growing. As you can imagine, many entrepreneurs start out as a technician. My business just kept growing to the point where I was turning away clients and I couldn't service the demand. There's only so many hours a day that I was available. And then as my kids became school age and I had more freedom and I started hiring helpers so that I didn't have to turn away business, that really uh, is what took my business to the next level. And then 35 years later, Who would have thought I have four businesses, I do business consulting and training with maid services all over the world, and now we have a nonprofit that has helped over 21,000 women who have cancer get their homes clean for free, and that little tiny maid service that started out at $5 an hour um, now services over 500 clients a year. We have about 30 to 35 employees on any given day, and uh, it's one of the largest independent cleaning services in the nation. So you never know how your entrepreneur journey, entrepreneurial journey is going to start and where it's going to end up. And I always figured my kids would never want to be an entrepreneur and they probably wouldn't want to be in business for themselves because they saw how hard I had to work. They saw how hard it is to own your own business and um, when people don't show up, you're up there at the office till 2 a.m. figuring payroll and, um, you know, doing what you need to do to make your business work. And so I, I just figured my kids would never want to own their own business. So I think it's interesting that Stephen Sardone owns Sardone Construction. Now, it took him a while to get to where he is today. There's, you know, almost no such thing as the overnight success stories. And What's interesting is, you know, he's very calm. I've noticed over the last few years, he's this very calm, mature businessman. And I'm thinking, where did that come from? Back when he was young, he was uh, your classic ADD kid and uh, always getting into some kind of mischief. He was never in any big trouble, but always getting into mischief. And I remember one of his teachers, he, he frustrated a teacher so much 
that the teacher literally jumped up on on the, the, the desk chair and started screaming at the top of his lungs at Stephen because he could kind of push people to that edge. And he's probably going to kill me for telling some of these stories. But I say that because, you know, you look at this calm, professional businessman who used to be this kind of hyperactive kid. And at one point in his young life, he was interested in maybe uh, being a Navy SEAL. And then he was interested in going into missions. In fact, he has two master's degree in theology. And now he is a general contractor, and he owns Sardone Construction. So one of my first questions I had to ask is, uh, how did you end up owning your own business when you started out really getting an education in ministry? Where did that come from, Stephen Sardone? And by the way, thank you for coming to the show and welcome. Thanks for having me, Mom. You're welcome. So where did this come from? How did you go from maybe wanting to be a Navy SEAL and then wanting to go into the ministry and getting a theology degree and now being a local business owner? I think um, in the beginning, I didn't own my own business. It owned me, Um, which uh, all the more made me uh, not want to go into business. Um, but I started in college. I was a, I, uh, started working for a tile guy, a general contractor there. And, um, it worked out. I learned a lot. It was fun. It was, it was different. Um, while I was finishing up school, I moved back to Dallas. I started a uh, seminary while I was here. I was, I was selling my, my jobs. I was, um, getting some work really just enough to, be able to go to class and make money at the same time. In between classes or after classes, I would be able to go check on my jobs and do estimates and write contracts. Um, and really just enough work, really just to get by, which is really all I wanted and needed at the time, and it was very convenient at that time. You worked um, your own hours? Yeah, for the most part. Why, the uh, the important thing was I, I didn't have to work during class and I had enough time to write my papers. Um, so that, that's how it got started. And then after school, I, um, I spent about six months, uh, kind of working on my business plan and thinking about how I wanted to do this. Um, and then relaunched the company and changed our name and our brand. And so I want to talk to you about that because a lot of business owners have to go through what you went through, a rebranding process. And when you started, because your business really wasn't your plan for your life, you were going to go into the ministry, your business was called Tile Fast, and you mostly focused on laying tile. In fact, I have beautiful tile in my house that you laid. And uh, I got the mommy discount. And... But at a certain point, as your business grew, Tile Fast didn't fit you. In other words, you outgrew your name. And I know that's a scary thing for businesses to do, undergo a rebranding process. Tell me a little bit about what that was like and what brought you to that point. Yeah, that was actually um, a very good experience for me um, because we weren't very big and what we had done was specialty work and so we had kind of a a nice customer base and also it came to a head we had evolved into bathrooms and kitchens and 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 much larger remodels but we were still called tile fast our our slogan was still we do our business in your bathroom love that um and it came to a head when one of my friends who i saw practically every week said you know my parents are um they're finishing up their kitchen. They just had someone lay all the tile, and when they start their bathroom, I'm going to have them call you. I said, why don't you call me when they did the kitchen? He said, well, I know you do bathroom tile because, you know, your slogan, we do our business in your bathroom and your company's tile fast. I just didn't know you do kitchen. I said, well, they're the same thing. It's just, you know, one you eat in and one you don't. Um, so it occurred to me that my name was limiting me from opportunities. Now, that was an extreme example, but I also thought, you know, we're, we are remodeling whole businesses or whole uh, homes, and, um, and people still just think of us as tile fast. And, and the truth is, when you, when you say the name of your business, maybe they don't know much about you, maybe they know a lot about you, but that's what sticks with people. And so even when I would meet people and they say, oh, can you do all this other stuff? I say yes, and they kind of look at you skeptical because that's not what you're presenting, uh, not on paper anyway. You might tell them that, but, you know, a lot of people say they can do things that maybe they can't do. In other words, your skill can't contradict your brand. Right. So 
Um, it was like I said, it was a good experience. We hired a professional person to come and help us market. I actually was able to barter with him. Um, he contacted me to do some work, and I looked him up on the internet, and I found he was a brilliant marketer. I said, "Hey, I need to actually rebrand everything right now." Now, where did you learn to barter? <laughs> You. <laughs> that was a loaded question. <laughs> I think he might have read Barternomics a time or two. But okay, so keep going. Talk about that. Well, he, we uh, he uh, changed our brand and helped me rebuild the website and helped me put together a lot of information and really think through that process. And um, we told all of our clients, we said, hey, by the way, we changed our name. We've been growing. This is what we've been doing. Here's our new portfolio. And, and here's who we are now. And we grew 10 times that year. Uh, and I really attributed it to just uh, cleaning up our image and telling people, like, this is our new brand. Not because we're doing something different, but because we're just better at telling you about it now. So I like what you said. It's, it's you're, you got better at telling the public about what you do and what your expertise is. Because it is scary to rebrand. You know, people are fearful that if they rebrand, people won't remember them, won't recognize them. But like you said, you grew 10 times because now your brand matched what your skill was. And that was a much broader reach than just, like your friend thought, tiling a bathroom. Yeah. So I would bet that unless you have kind of the... Um, marketing budget of like a coca-cola changing your brand probably isn't going to change uh, people's perception uh from oh no they don't do the same thing anymore chances are people who you know in your whole life will do uh the thing that you sell and they'll forget that you do that <laughs> exactly exactly so great point to lead right into a little bit about marketing and branding because i would consider you really a, a really brilliant marketer so when we come back after the break i want to explore a little bit about some of your marketing and your branding uh tactics that you do and what works what works best be right back it was an early morning yesterday i was up before the dawn be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbie But I must be moving on. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. We know it's not easy dealing with a loved one who drinks too much, but there's help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups. For a meeting near you, call one 888 That's 1-888-425-2666. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back to Debbie Sardone's Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. And I am just pleased as punch today to be interviewing one of my favorite entrepreneurs in the world, and that happens to be my son, Stephen Sardone of Sardone Construction. Thanks for staying over after the break. Welcome back, Stephen. Thanks. And we kind of ended the last segment by kind of talking a little bit about branding and marketing and, and getting your, your word out. And one of the things Stephen touched on was uh, that he does barter. And many of you who follow my program have listened to me for a while. You know that I wrote the book Barternomics, which you can get on Amazon. And uh, you can get your copy today. But it is one way when a, a new business is starting out or a business on a very tight budget is trying to connect with the public and trying to get maybe some great positive reviews to be posted or to just get some jobs under your belt. You can barter with people. You can barter for advertising. You can trade what you do for a living. And I know at my own company, Buckets and Bows Maid Service, we have bartered for everything. We have traded for printing and we've even traded our cleaning services for um, our, our copy machine in our office. We've traded for legal services and uh, oil changes for our employees and massages for our customers and employees. I mean, we'll trade for just about anything. I've traded for website work 
and uh, SEO and, and you name it. We've traded. Why? Because everybody wants to trade for maid service. Who doesn't want to get their house clean? And the same thing is true with something like construction. Everybody wants either new tile or they want new countertops or they want to be able to trade. So I think that's a great way to connect with people who maybe can't afford your service and you can't afford their service and you trade out. And eventually those people become customers, which is really cool. Eventually their business grows or they become, uh, they get financially into a situation where they can hire your service. And of course, they're going to hire the, the company that they traded with. So don't discount barter in that you feel like you, you don't ever get a cash paying customer out of it because barter oftentimes leads to a long term customer relationship when the barter has been satisfied. So keep that in mind. Keep that, you know, don't do everything so traditional. That, that's one of the problems with entrepreneurs is we think we have to do everything in a very traditional way. Be different. Step out of the box a little bit. Try something new. And barter is one, one thing you can try new if you've been afraid to do it. And in terms of being different and, you know, showing how your brand stands out, one of the things I noticed about Sardone Construction is they seem to be brilliant at branding and marketing. Uh, you know, a lot of construction companies, the owner is just working so hard to build the business, and oftentimes they're they're the technical guy out in the field. They don't have time for marketing and branding, and all they uh, can do is service the referrals that come in, and they don't expand their brand through marketing or PR. And one thing I noticed that Sardone Construction does very well is they get a lot of great publicity. And I know that doesn't come easy, getting great publicity. And of course, it starts by being able to do a good job. But tell us how you were able to get, I, I wrote down some sources that you were in. You were in Candy's Dirt, which is really uh, well known around here. You were in um, the Dallas Morning News and I noticed that uh, Vanilla Ice chose you to be one of the contractors on their Ice This House. And so that's footage that's on your website. And um, building, I guess it was Building Savvy Magazine. How did you get all of that publicity? What did you do? I think um, some of it is just being ready. Um, I think one of the earlier pieces I got of publicity was, um, I think, I think how it started actually was, you know, there's always contests all over the place. There's, there's Reader's Choice Awards. There's all sorts of awards in your community that magazines or newspapers or, or, you know, whatever agencies are out there are, are, uh, awarding. And so I found out about a few and, and I, uh, asked my clients to vote for me and we won a couple, we won a couple in a row. And so I think that started, kind of laying the groundwork for, for getting awards and having um, our name out there and getting noticed. Um, a, a long time ago, the Vanilla Ice Project did call, and they said, hey, we'd like you to do the tile. And I said yes, and they thought it would be a much bigger ordeal, and you know they'd be calling, and they'd never get a hold of the owner of the company, but I was driving around in my van, and I answered the phone. and So they said, okay. Wow, that was easy. Well, can you come out in two weeks and do it? And I said, yes. And they said, wow, okay. So I think for that, it was really just being available and making it happen. You know, I, I recognized immediately that this was a, a good opportunity and, um, and it could be fun. And, um, but really what came with that was, you know, I got about one second of footage on the show. Um, but I had my own video that I made and I had my own pictures and I got about a thousand miles, uh, of marketing out of that by just telling that story, putting on the website, putting on Facebook and telling other people about it. So, um, you so know, that brings me to a point that a lot of entrepreneurs don't think about. And that is don't focus on the, the, the 10 seconds of, of time of airtime you might get or the 20 seconds. I mean, I was at that watch party and we were all just watching anxiously to see Sardone Construction show up on the Vanilla Ice Project, Ice This House, and we were all very excited. And a lot of entrepreneurs might dismiss that opportunity and think, oh yeah, right, like I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of that. Or, you know, I'm not going to get any customers off of that. I'm never going to do that again. You donated the title, you donated your time. But like you said, you got a thousand miles out of that opportunity. You have it on your website. It's on your YouTube. I mean, you just, you leveraged it. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I got to be a part of a really cool project. You know, it's, you know, these, these shows, they don't do ugly work. 
So, um, so yeah, it was it was nice. And like I said, it was um, I it wasn't uh, Rob Van Winkle's job to then take my project and market it. It was my job to to run with it and and make sure that enough people knew about it, so that it would lend more credibility. Um, you know, credibility, the, credibility. That's that's one of the things you get out of that mileage. That's right. Um, one of our biggest um, jobs that we did was, uh, as, as far as PR goes, was my house. I purchased it. It was for me and my wife to live in. Um, but then we just really did some really fun stuff with the design, some unique stuff, things I hadn't really done before. And I was trying to show something very specific to that was uh, kind of a niche for my business, and that was living well in smart spaces. Um, and I had already built relationships with other people in the area who, who wrote for the paper or magazines or blogs or whatever. And so um, I had already built relationships with our vendors. And, and so I asked our vendors to give us some free stuff. And I asked the blogs to write about it. And I asked everybody to really be involved. And these were all relationships I had. It got to a point where I was like, wow, I need to focus on building this house. And I did actually hire um, a friend who's brilliant uh, PR person, Hamilton Sneed. And he helped me with that and uh, really worked out all those relationships and, and made it work out really, really, really well. Um, so I want to talk about that because I thought that was brilliant. As, as your mom and as a business consultant, I thought that is so smart, a contractor who's going to showcase to the public the home that he just remodeled for his own family that he's going to have to live in. And uh, I thought that was really smart. You invited the public to showcase your home. And what I also noticed, which I thought was very smart, and this, I believe, fits very well with your your giving spirit and, and the way you like to give back, is you uh, invited other people, other vendors to kind of share in the recognition and they brought things, they contributed things and you shared the limelight with other business owners. And I thought that was great. I thought that was really important. Yeah, it was good. A, a lot of the vendors, I think all of them really got listed in, uh, in most of the publicity. Um, it was really nice. We had a, I had a friend who had a homeless shelter and he was able to come and we asked people who came to the open house to to donate canned food and, or money to that. Um, so all around, it was a lot of fun. It was a uh, it was a lot of work. Um, but yeah, I think the the biggest thing was I had a lot of relationships I'd already built, um, but then I actually hired a professional to come in and and work out all the details and make sure that everybody um, was able to be involved and and got what they deserved and needed out of that project. So it was it was a lot of fun though. And I really did appreciate the fact that you used part of that showcase time to help another nonprofit and to help other people in need. And I think that's important. I think businesses need to find ways to give back and and just use some of their time or their resources to help others in the community, not just to, uh, you know, improve their own business, but to also improve the lives of others. So. I, n- I noticed that about your showcase, and I thought that was fantastic. So you talked a little bit about getting a thousand miles out of that PR, and I know you've gotten other PR. Are there specific ways that you do use social media in terms of getting the word out about your business? You know, I don't really think I'm very good at social media. Uh, I think good social media is equal to good engagement. And I put a lot of stuff out there that I think is nice looking or, you know, is looking good or is, is fun. But, uh, but no, I, I don't think I do very well with the social engagement. I think what I do well with is recognizing what is out there that already exists that people who uh, are shopping my industry are paying attention to. Um, it's you know, funny you say you don't think you're good at social media, and I think that's part of your humility, but I have noticed that you do have a lot of following, and you have a lot of engagement. There's a lot of people who have large social media platforms with no engagement. They're posting cute things or interesting things, but there's not a lot of conversation going back and forth, and I have noticed that people are interested in what you post, and they they do seem to enjoy Learning. I, I know I like to click on the articles whenever it's something about, you know, some cool new idea about home design or whatever. So I think you're better at social media than you think, um, and namely because of the engagement you get. I think all the engagement's just when I post pictures of my wife and child. Well, I totally <laughs> get that because not only is your wife absolutely gorgeous, your child is absolutely beautiful and adorable. And I'm not at all 
biased no. in that regard. No. She's absolutely a beautiful baby. So, yeah, who doesn't love babies and pictures and so forth? So when we come back, if you don't mind staying over for another segment, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial growth and your journey. So we will be right back. Guys, don't go away. Stephen Sardone. It was an early morning yesterday. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. The Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescuetexas.com. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Is a friend. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. I'm your host, and my guest today is Stephen Sardone, my son, and an entrepreneur, a local business person. He is the owner of Sardone Construction. And uh, I'm just honored to have him on the show today. Stephen, thanks for being on the show with me. Thanks for having me. So we were talking a little bit during the break about um, your business growth and your journey. And a lot of people who know me know that I do business consulting and training. I've been uh, really an absentee owner, mostly retired from Buckets and Bows Maid Service for many years. And now I have the privilege and the opportunity to consult with and train cleaning business owners all around the world, literally through conferences and webinars and mastermind groups and and some of my online training courses. And so I get the value of mentorship and ongoing training, especially if it's specific to your industry. And you said I could share this story with the audience. So I, I remember it's just it's been a couple it's been a few years ago now, but I remember your business was really growing. It was growing quickly and probably growing faster than you could manage the process or manage the chaos at that time. And you know, you used to call me for advice periodically and, and we would talk about business growth and ideas and operations and so forth. And I remember one day you called up and you were really frustrated. I think you were getting more business than you could handle. And you said, Mom, you help people all over the world. Will you please come and do some consulting with me? I'll pay whatever you charge. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness. You know, um, here I help people all over the world and I haven't made the time to come out and maybe spend some time with my son and and help him with his business. And of course, I I said, no, you can't pay me, but I'll get it out of you one way or another. And so I I committed to drive out to Dallas, which seemed like a long drive for me in traffic because I'm used to working out of my home and not having to be anywhere early. But I committed to driving to Dallas for an entire week every single day and staying as long as it took to kind of explore inside and out your business, your business processes, and your sales process and your closing process. And I did that for a week. And we worked together and we together saw some things that needed to be improved in areas of operations and even in your sales process, which was kind of a surprise to both of us. It was something that I was able to uncover during that period of time that needed some improvement. And what I said at the end of that week is, Stephen, you need to find um, a trade organization that you can be a part of and join that trade organization and find coaches and mentors that are very specific to your niche because I can only help you so far, but they can take you to the next level. And you followed my advice and uh, you found some organizations. Tell me a little bit about what you're involved in, and how it has impacted your growth and your business. Yeah. 
Um, I found a group called Remodelers Advantage. Um, it's a organization that simply exists to help remodeling business owners with their life and their business. Um, their life because they don't believe that you should be owned by a business, that you shouldn't really have to work more than much more than 55 hours a week, that you should have a pay commensurate uh, with what you do for a living and with what the industry yields, and that you should understand your numbers in order how to get that, and that you should be in a group of people um, who can help you with that along the way. And they have a number of other resources, and uh, that group has really, you know, changed everything. Um, it's been a resource. I, I uh, get to go to the uh, roundtable meetings a couple times a year. Um, I have other businesses that are uh, mentors. Um, of mine in there I have a bunch of peer businesses and we we go through each other's business and and, and books um, twice a year and uh, and then once a year we all end up at one of the businesses um, one of the guys businesses and we come through it for a couple of days and interview everybody ask a lot of questions and, and really go through it and give a lot of feedback it's an amazing organization it's where I've met um, uh, some of the coaches uh, specific to my industry, business and sales-wise. Um, now, before you go on to talking about the coaches and the mentors and how you've used them, you know, a lot of business owners feel like, wow, I wish I had the time to devote because it sounds like those those processes are, are, are pretty time-consuming. And I think a lot of times business owners are held back because they don't believe they have the time. And it's not like you have more than 24 hours in your day and they don't. How on earth do you find the time to get involved? I think um, there's probably a couple ways to answer that. One, um, if you want to find the time for something, you'll figure it out. Uh, most people will. You make it a priority. That's right. Um, and then two, I think, you know, about, you know, not having time and not having things prioritized well and not knowing how to do that. The last thing you need to do is just stay in that hole and keep digging and hoping you'll figure it out on your own. Uh, this organization existed to help with those sort of scenarios. You know, um, the first time I went, the, the money was a big deal. Um, the first time I went, uh, the amount of time was a big deal. And, and you know, four years later, it still is. Um, but I work half as much as I did then, and, and, I, and I make a bit more as well. Um, so... So what I'm hearing uh, from what you just said, oftentimes those are the two things that business owners use as their excuses to not hire a mentor or get involved in some professional training is number one, they, they say a lack of funds. And oftentimes that is the reason we think it is. We, we, man, I can't afford that. And I like to tell the story about many years ago when I could not get my business to the next level. I wanted to grow that business to a million dollars and I was spinning my wheels year after year. I could not get it to the million dollars. It would be two step forward, two step back, two bet forward, three steps back. And finally, through a series of events, I found some consultants and this was before Google, but I found some consultants who uh, I hired to come in and fix my business at that time because there weren't consultants a dime a dozen or you know a dime a minute they charged me $40,000 to come in and work on my business for several weeks and I thought how am I ever going to pay for this but I knew I had to I didn't have the money but I made it work I figured out a way and nine months later we grossed a million dollars and then of course we remained one of the largest independent cleaning services in the country so whether you say I don't have the money or I don't have the time what you're saying is when you connect with the right resources then somehow the money shows up and the time becomes available yeah if if you've been doing the same thing and you can't figure it out you don't have uh, the money or the time to keep doing that. Right. You don't have the money or the time to not fix your business and, and, and not grow your business. So so then I guess uh, uh, that's one of the things I do recommend is find a trade association associated with what you do in business and yeah. join it. I did that over 10 years ago when my business was struggling. It hit a, a low spot. And I found a trade association. I got involved. It was specific to the house cleaning industry. It's ARCSI, the Association of Residential Cleaning Services International. A um, couple of years later, I became their first female president. 
and I developed their most successful maid service uh, training program they'd ever had, uh, the maid service boot camp. I developed that, and I grew personally because I was in the trade association. I was learning. I was uh, getting out of my business instead of working every single day in my business. Mm -hmm. And guess what happened? I expanded, and I learned, and I grew. So what about some of the mentors and coaches? Have you availed yourself to ongoing coaching and consulting throughout that process as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, um, you know, the sales one is kind of a refresher now. I do that uh, maybe three or six months a year or every other year. And the, uh, the business coaching, I mean, you know, as long as you're alive and in business, I don't think there's a, an opportunity to stop learning. So, yeah, that's that's always ongoing. There's always new issues. There's always things that could be better. Um, and you know what? Just maybe when you perfect your business, the the where it's at, maybe it's time for somebody to say to you, so have you thought about taking it to the next level now? Or, you know, you have this. Have you thought about, you know, adding other businesses on? There's other ways. You already have a secretary. You already have subs. You already have contractors. Have you thought about adding a, a uh, another business in the same industry but that's not competing that wouldn't cost as much because you have all these things already in place. Right. So I agree with you. There really isn't a point in business where you can say, okay, I'm, I'm done. I don't need a consultant. I don't need any more training because I have arrived, unless maybe you're selling that business and you're going to retire on a beach somewhere. Most of us probably will never do that. Um, so keeping these mentors in your life ongoing to s- help you stretch, help you get to the next level, help you not get complacent or lose your edge, stay innovative, stay on top of new technologies. Technology is ever-changing, and you can very quickly become irrelevant or outdated if you're not staying on top of the latest and greatest. So part of that process, I know, comes with reading, and I know you're an avid reader, and you are probably like me. You have some favorite books that have helped you in business and that you can recommend to somebody listening who's maybe trying to grow their business. What would you say is your favorite business book that you recommend and why? Um, my favorite is Small Giants by Bo Burlingham. It's, uh, I think the subtitle is Businesses That Decided to Be Great Instead of Big. Um, and he really just showcases a bunch of, uh, I, I don't want to even use the word small, but small businesses, and, and shows that uh, kind of the process that they went through when they were at this kind of tipping point, if you will. Are they going to get huge and go nuts, which seems like, you know, maybe every business owner thinks that's what they want. They just want to be bigger and bigger and bigger, equaling better. And and these businesses realizing, you know what, bigger doesn't equal better. Um, better is better. Quality of life is better. Happier uh, clients is better. Happier employees is better. Uh, better programs for everybody is better. Um, and so it's just kind of very inspiring. And, and really, I've tried to model my business and what we are going to uh, do in the community and what we want to do and how I want to be able to use my business to accomplish what I want in life. So that's a great way to wrap up this segment. And that is uh, the book that you recommend, Small Giants. And I love the the focus on that book is to create a business that's great. Don't focus on creating a business that's big. And in all likelihood, if you have a great business, it's probably going to be big. So thank you so much, Stephen Sardone of Sardone Construction. I'm so proud to have you on the show today. And I hope people who have been listening will hear some things today that will help them go out and make changes in their business Uh, inspire them to be a part of giving back in, in unique ways. So don't go away. We will be right back with our final segment with entrepreneur, local businessman, Stephen Sardone of Sardone Construction. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and and on the web at DebbieSardone.com. But I must be moving on. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. Be part of the movement that is standing up to cancer and get the new Stand Up to Cancer app for iPhone. Visit the App Store or download by texting STAND to 31826 and tell the world who you stand up for. Message and data rates may apply. 
listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, and today I have a very special guest on the program with us. It is my son, Stephen Sardone of Sardone Construction, and we've been talking about business and marketing and branding and and using your business for good, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to wrap up the last segment and shift over a little bit to the technical side of what he does every single day, and that is making uh, people's spaces more livable and more enjoyable. So, Stephen, I have to ask, and thanks again for for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here. I have to ask, a lot of times you hear people talk about uh, remodeling, and they're a little bit afraid of maybe investing too much money in a remodel, and maybe they won't be able to get their investment back out if and when they sell. So what do you say, as a contractor and as a homeowner, what do you say to that fear? Yeah, I think... You know, there's a couple things about it. I think um, something a lot of people think about the remodeling industry. Oh, is I can I can get it for a, a much different price. Like, oh, this guy wants fifty thousand for a kitchen, and this guy wants thirty thousand for a kitchen. This guy wants ten thousand for a kitchen. So it's really just about finding the right contractor who will do it for ten thousand. And I and I would just say, you know, remodeling pretty much costs what it costs. And if you're going to hire anybody reputable that you're going to be happy with, both. Uh, the professional relationship and the work, they're all going to be about the same within a couple points. Um, so number one, remodeling costs what it costs. It's not this massive sliding scale. And, you know, and, and then two, you really need to prioritize what, what is the most important thing? What's going to give you the most enjoyment? What's the most, you know, sometimes what's the most practical? You know, like if it's leaking, probably should be fixed, even though it's not going to give you a lot of enjoyment today. So that's repairs versus remodeling. Yeah, and, and a lot of times repairs bring on remodels. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about it, a lot of people, they're, they're trying to pick colors and tiles and themes that they think someone will uh, be happy with in, you know, three to five years, which is kind of the magic number everybody says when they think they're going to sell the home. And the thing is, you know what? Who knows what that person's going to like? They might knock your home down. They might gut it. They might paint over the neutral color you settled for when you wanted a big, bold color. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, remodel for you. I mean, you know, I'm not saying go nuts and do like leopard print wallpaper and zebra carpet, and, you know, unless that's your thing. But, you know, for the most part, get a professional designer to help you. You're probably going to pick some stuff that's really nice and it's going to look really good and make you very happy. And uh, you know what, if, if you ever do sell the house, maybe someone can help you stage it. Maybe you change a color of paint or two here. But, you know, don't, don't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars remodeling your home and, and really be worrying and biting your nails because you hope the next person pays for it. Uh, certainly in Dallas anyway, uh, they're probably going to pay for it. So does that mean you don't like my leopard uh, wallpaper and my, my uh, zebra print? Rugs? <laughs> the lipstick red crowd that gets me crazy. Oh, man. I guess I'm going to have to remodel someday. So let's say we decide we are going to do some remodeling. You I'm can't sure you see. Me. Oh, brother. You know what? That's the problem with businesses that start growing. They stop giving the mom discounts. Um, what spaces then do you recommend that people maybe start with if they have a little bit of money and things are getting a little outdated and I look around my house and I'm like well do I do my kitchen do I do my patio what do you recommend where do we start yeah I'd start with what are the spaces that you uh, enjoy the most now or, or maybe the question is what spaces bring you the most pain uh, or discomfort or, or embarrassment now that you would enjoy the most if they were updated. Um, sometimes people don't want to have friends over because they're so embarrassed by their kitchen. Um, I know that my wife and I are going through this right now. We are building our house and we are living in a rental while we build it. And the rental's great. It, it meets all of our basic human needs and we love entertaining and I think we've had maybe one person over in six months. Um, because we don't love our space for entertaining. We don't love our kitchen. Uh, it's, it's just, it's not us and it's a funny thing. And so, you know, 
for us, one of the exciting things about moving into the new house is, is we're in a place that we're proud of, uh, we're in an environment that makes us feel better, that makes us connect better, that you know, allows us to do our thing, which is, you know, cook and enjoy our friends and company. Um, so start with the thing uh, that is, is keeping you from being who you are. Um, you know, just simple tips uh, like, oh, how do we make this place nicer? Well, you know, there's, there's a couple things. A, a fresh coat of paint can do wonders inside and out. Um, I would get a designer to help you choose the colors, but that's number one. Good lighting. A lot of old houses, heck, a lot of new houses have crummy lighting. Get good lighting. Maybe there's not enough, or maybe you just need to switch over to LED. Whatever it is, get lighting that allows the space to uh, make you feel well, make you feel uplifted. And lighting is not that expensive. It, it I really have seen doesn't some have to be, no. Beautiful fixtures and chandeliers that weren't super expensive, but they kind of gave the whole space a facelift. I know I did that at my house a couple of years ago, and I just changed out some outdated old brass fixtures. They were not that expensive. Got some modern ones. And without having to do an entire kitchen remodel, it really did give the whole room a facelift. Yeah, chandeliers and light fixtures will will definitely do that. That's a, a very specific, pretty thing. But I'm literally saying, just go out and change your crummy light bulbs to nice, bright LED light bulbs that have 3,000 uh, Kelvin or, or more, have uh, plenty of lumens that really give you more light. And if that's still not enough, call an electrician and add more lighting to your house. Um, so painting, lighting, uh, flooring, now we're getting into things that are a little bit more expensive, but this can change things a lot. You know, you can maybe have in linoleum or old tile or ugly carpet. These are things that are, um, you can hire out and you can get done and can make a dramatic impact, um, without I'll say really something about breaking flooring. the budget. Yeah. I, uh, recently wanted to do just some light remodeling at my office. I didn't want to spend a lot of money there because I don't own the space. I rent my office space. And we've had carpet in this office space for a lot of years. And it was starting to get ragged out. And then it was stained where the cleaning products are dispensed when our employees come in to fill up their bottles. And I, I said, I don't spend a lot of money. And you recommended that I choose, uh, uh, I forget what it's called. It's fake wood flooring. It's an engineered wood. Engineered wood. And it was sturdy. It's absolutely beautiful. It really wasn't that expensive. And it gave the entire office a facelift. It looks modern and it's beautiful, but it's sturdy. So we have these employees tromping in and out. So I can imagine a family with kids and dogs and, you know, a, a lot of high traffic coming through my office. It absolutely looks beautiful. And it gave everybody in the office and all of our employees kind of a lift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old carpet was really ugly gray carpet. And it was a is really down and and this is a nice light pine uh wood it, it looks good it's bright modern uh, it's pretty so yeah it's it, it it changed the way you feel now we just need to get those fluorescents out of there and change you with some leds all right do you know a good contractor that might be willing to help me out not in flower man oh brother so you know that's something that we really hadn't talked about but even an office can kind of do a little bit of a remodel facelift and you can definitely improve improve the morale. Your employees see that you care about the space Absolutely. that they have to work in every single day. And just enjoying your surroundings is really a part of life. And that's what you guys do is you help people enjoy their surroundings. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for uh, work enjoyment and productivity by the space. I mean, people are... are are, are just conditioned that way. Their environment affects them. So if you have good lighting in there, if your office is nice, if it's bright, if it's a place where you look at it and you're like, oh, that's nice, then I think you're going to get a little bit more out of people and they're going to enjoy being there more. But if you're looking at the office and it's drab and it's ugly and poorly lit and no natural light, well, you know, then you're going to get a bunch of uh, people not really thrilled to be there. They're going to be stepping outside every chance they get. Exactly. So you kind of talked a little bit about this, but I really want to touch on this more. And this is one of my favorite phrases is if you think hiring a professional is expensive, just wait till you hire an amateur. And I do believe that in any line of business, if you think you can cut corners and hire an amateur, it generally will cost you more, more money in the long run. So Tell me, for those of us who don't know, what are some of the questions that we need to ask a contractor if we're about to embark on some remodeling? 
Yeah, this is uh this is never a fun lesson. In fact, it's it's one I I learned recently again. Um, we used a, a lumber company that uh, supplies a lot of lumber for a lot of homes in the area, and they were about $5,000, maybe even $10,000 cheaper than the other one that I'm used to using. And, and what we learned at the end of the day is there's, uh, there's so many ways that you can build something so cheap and so crummy that maybe you don't know it on the front end, but you learn it on the back end and you pay for an extra labor, or extra pain or, or over budget on, on schedule and time and money. But, um, but, you know, with homeowners, uh, things to ask, you know, this is a business. Treat them like a business. If, if you hired a Chuck in a truck, then, then that's what you're going to get. If you think you're going to do a $50,000, $100,000, or $5,000 remodel on a handshake, well, then you know what? Who knows what you're going to get? So I'd start by, you know, if, you're, if you have a spouse, if there's somebody who's engaged in the hiring process with you, meet them, set up an interview where you all get to meet these contractors and find out, do you like them? Do you have a good feeling about them? Do they answer your questions well? Do you feel like they're scrambling? Do you feel like they know the answers to your questions or making it up as they go? Do you feel like you can conduct business with this person? Because, you know, it's not just about the money in the contract. It's about the exposure that you're giving them. They're exposed to your house. They're exposed to your family. They're exposed to your schedule. They're exposed to your way of life. They're exposed to everything about you. And they're going in and they're doing work. And you know what? You might say, oh, I'm only doing $500 worth of work. I can gamble with somebody who's cheaper. But you know what? They might cause $5,000 worth of damage if they do it wrong. Um, they might just take your money and run. They might cause you all sorts of problems. So when you're looking, treat this like this is a professional relationship. This is a person who you want to have a long-term relationship with. You want them to do a lot of projects. If there's ever an issue, you want them to answer the phone. You want them to come back and fix it. You want to be able to work through stuff. When it's stressful, you want to be able to work through stuff with them. So the guy that you have to chase down and beg to give you your bid that had gave you the you know came through and got the specs weeks ago and you still can't find them maybe that's not the guy to hire maybe not maybe not so basically nowadays you do get what you pay for and you get quality if you pay for quality and you get crummy if you pay for crummy and sometimes people get nothing when they pay because we've all heard those horror stories of companies that skip out on them so thank you so much for the advice that you've provided with us for us today and uh, i'm wondering will you do my patio makeover someday Sure. I would love that. All right. That was Stephen Sardone with Sardone Construction. This is Debbie Sardone cleaning up with Debbie Sardone. Until next time, stay safe. Keep cleaning up in life and business. For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com.